This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity with Dan Monroe. Welcome back, everyone, to Brojo Online. I'm here with Joe Ducard. He's a dating coach who transformed himself from being what he calls a fat, miserable introvert into a man of adventure who now teaches other guys how to become the life of the party and date authentically. Joe, welcome. And thank you for having me, man. It's just a pleasure to connect with you and, and uh, somebody who, you know, is on the same realm of beliefs as me as well. And I got a lot of respect for you. And, and um, I'm happy to be on here and share some of, you know, the stuff I've learned and hopefully could help out your audience as well. Absolutely, man. I think uh, if people listen to you carefully and have a little look at your background as I have, uh, they'll see that not only do you know what you're talking about, but you're coming from a place at one time of absolutely having no clue what to do. And mm. that's, that kind of transition is something I'm really keen to, to hear from you about uh, and, and share with the audience. You know, so it's such a, such a pleasure to have you here, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you. So let's, uh, let's try start from the start. I think we can maybe do a bit of a before and after snapshot Tell us a little bit about, I guess, who you were. Who was the guy before the changes, before the improvements or whatever it is you want to call it? You know, where did you start from? So um, the one thing I always like to say is that, you know, I had pretty typical goals that were always underlying and, and, you know, that was calling to me as I was growing up. You know, I wanted to be fit and look good, right? I want to look like a superhero or somebody who was cool, right? Um, just wanted to look good. I wanted to, uh, you know, be financially successful, have a cool lifestyle, do stuff I liked. And I wanted to have beautiful women in my life, right? I wanted to, you know, have the women that I was attracted to that I saw, you know, either on magazines or on TV or whatever, you know, whatever you're into, right? But I wanted to have attractive women, be in good shape, feel good, have a fun life, have, have money, you know, all that. I wasn't very popular. I was, I had a point where I was probably more notorious than popular because I was, I used to get into a lot of trouble when I was younger, when I was in my teens, I was always in detention and, and, and had a problem with authority. Definitely for sure. And since I was a little bit of an outcast, kind of did my own thing. I never had any dates, never had a girlfriend, never really hooked up with any girls, you know, was still a virgin, uh, all the way throughout high school, didn't go to prom, anything like that. And what happened was I started to build up a lot of resentment towards women. And uh, well, not a, not a lot of resentment. Towards, I had a little bit of resentment, uh, just not even towards women, just in general. I was like, you know, what's wrong with me that women aren't attracted to me, right? And what's, you know, these other guys can get them, but I can't. So it was actually resentment towards <laughs> men and women that I had. Um, and, and the thing that would probably define everything the most was, was loneliness. Um, I never drank. I never did drugs. I'm still sober to this day. I just wasn't really into that. And, you know, people were partying and doing that stuff, especially college. They went away to, you know, drink and party, do all that. And a lot of my friends kind of left me because they knew I wasn't into doing that. So I was very alone and I hit a very deep depression by the time I was 19. And uh, the main reason for that was because I was very lonely and I was eventually not living the life that I had always imagined that I had wanted, you know, a life of fun, a life of success, life with women and friends. And, you know, when I was 19, I, I was lucky. I stumbled into my first girlfriend 
and went up dating her for, for two years. And she, um, I don't want to say anything negative about her, but we, she wasn't my dream girl and she wasn't, um, didn't treat me that great. We really didn't have much anything in common, but that was pretty much like almost a blessing for me. Cause I, I had never had a girl really into me ever before. So I was actually talking to her about picking out wedding rings and the whole thing by like 19, uh, 20, 21. So it was in that, that range. And uh, I felt at that time in my life that I couldn't get another woman. I, you know, I figured girls liked you or, you or they didn't. And that was really it. And at that point, um, she didn't work out or eat healthy. And she was a little overweight. And what happened was I started kind of living that lifestyle as well too and just eating whatever I wanted. And I, I ballooned up to almost 350 pounds was, uh, was my heaviest. And if you look at the old pictures of me, I mean, I had... I still have glasses on now, but I don't wear them when I go out. Had long hair, dressed in all black, really baggy clothes, trying to cover everything up. Tons of social anxiety. I've struggled with anxiety and depression, you know, my my entire adult life, uh, even my young adult life. You know, I, I, I it was at that point, really, you know, I'm looking at, and like I said, I was so far away from the goals that I wanted for my life. So uh, eventually I got a new job. It was long distance. I had to break up with that girlfriend. It took me a lot of courage, but I did. And it was right at that time that I found the game and the pickup artist TV show. And uh, I was very skeptical at first. You know, a lot of my friends thought it was a bunch of bullshit. But what I saw was these guys kind of had things down to like, it seemed uh, a science, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember reading in the game, it said that one of the guys used like a script and, and his scripts got girls the whole time. I was like, well, I can't talk to girls and I'm, I'm petrified of them. But if I can memorize a script, <laughs> then, uh, the, then at least I can act and pretend I know what I'm doing, right? And then maybe some girls will be into me. And I figured it was a cure for my loneliness, you know? And um, I just saw, you know, that through reading the game and seeing the TV show that guys who are really nerdy could make a transformation. And I didn't know that being able to attract women was a skill you could learn. I just thought that you had it or you didn't, right? I knew you could get more money. I knew you could get in better shape. I knew that. Um, I had been uh, training and, and weight training a lot by then already, but I didn't know that learning to change your personality was a skill. So, man, I dove in head first. I, I read like, man, probably hundreds of books, even of the short ebooks I'm including in there, um, mm-hmm. audios, videos. And I mean, I, I was pretty much a wizard on dating and pickup stuff, uh, about a year in and it, it freaked the couple friends that I had, it freaked them out so much that they stopped talking to me like, man, this guy's crazy with all this stuff, right? Everybody thought I was nuts, you know, learning all this stuff. So I was actually pretty alone myself at that point. I was 21 years old and uh, I remember going to a bar the first time I like, I threw up before I went out. I was so nervous, but I just had to push myself through because I saw that the loneliness drove me into like a really deep depression. I was suicidal uh, when I was 19. Anything was better than that. Any, I would try anything, anything that would get me away from being lonely, you know, help me to make friends, help me to meet women. Um, I was going to do whatever it took. And, you know, people, people's lives go in different orders. Right? Some people need to get in shape. Some people do their career. Some people, you know, work on their relationships. And for me, the relationship aspect and the loneliness was such a pain point that I had to dive into that first. And I was always working. I mean, I, I was working a bunch. I was moving furniture. I was going to college. And I was doing this stuff. My days back then were completely full. Every hour of the day, I was doing something to improve myself. This was before smartphones, right? This was before I had no social media back then. I mean, I would just read books. There was barely any YouTube or anything like that. There was was very little distractions. And looking back, I'm very thankful for that. But I would devote every second of my day to self-improvement, whether it was audio books while I was at work, 
on the way to work, you know, writing out routines, all this stuff, you know, and I just got so deep into it. Eventually it started to, to work, you know, I was able to go out to bars or, or parties I went to and anywhere social and just be able to carry a conversation and, and make people laugh and really be the life of the party. And I had never been able to do that before. I had tons of social anxiety. Within a year, I lost 100 pounds. I dropped down to about 240 pounds. I've been able to keep it off since then. I'm still in the same range as that. And uh, I just changed everything. Got my haircut, changed my wardrobe, the whole thing, and just really got deep, deep, deep into it. And then eventually, I tried out for the original company that was in the book that taught guys how to do it. They brought me on to help out, and I became uh, an instructor for them, traveled all over the world, uh, taught this stuff to, to lots of guys. And um, I'm leaving out some of the glory stories and all the, I've done some crazy stuff that I definitely don't need to talk about, maybe in a, in a, in a memoir at the end of my days or something. But, um, you know, I accomplished all the goals that I ever had with women and then some. I eventually, you know, had a good relationship here and there. And um, switched over to wanting to help guys more and help them with this. You know, the, the point of me getting into coaching was after I started to get good, I asked my father, I'm like, what should I do next? And he's like, you got to help these guys out. You know, you've made such a transformation from, you know, being that really fat and shy and, and miserable guy, you know, to changing everything about myself. And, um, you know, there's a lot of realizations that came down the line. Eventually, I got too deep into the dating stuff and I had to relearn a lot of things about myself. And the point that I'm at now, which, um, which we're, we're really resonating on here is I'm at a point where, you know, I was very into the tactics and all that, that out, they call it outer game, you know, and all that other stuff when uh, I first started out. But my goal for every student I work with, and I always tell them is you should be able to go out and do this and not have to think about it, right? I want you to be able to just attract people naturally by being who we are, right? And it's just a manifestation of who, now you got to learn some tactics and some things here and there, but I like to try to teach in the best way that I can so that these guys can be their, definitely their best versions of themselves, share more things about themselves and you know, develop skills rather than, you know, just, um, you know, anything that is manipulative or just, just tactical stuff or using a line that I gave them or something like that. I'd rather have them develop skills to unleash their sense of humor, right? To share things that they're interested in, to develop their interests and, their listening skills and their, and their abilities to connect with people. And that's what's become more important to me as well is, you know, happiness and, and developing the things that are important to me and being able to share them with people and connect with people in that way, rather than just, uh, like I said, that outer game type of thing. But that's a long drawn out kind of thing to where I'm at now. But um, yeah, I'm just happy that and grateful that I can give back and help people and make an impact, you know, cause that is one of my goals. I have three goals three core values on my wallpaper. I'll read them right now. The first is having a healthy body and mind. I've had that one since I was a kid, right? Mm -hmm. um, the next one is financial freedom. And, and I've had that one as well since I was a kid. And the last one is give value. And I, I guess the give value one used to be, right? You know, having the beautiful women around and all that. And, you know, I do value having beautiful women and stuff like that. But I've, I've accomplished so much where like that's not a burning desire, like I definitely still have women in my life. I go out and, and that's, that, that part is pretty much on autopilot. Uh, but now it's more about giving back what I've learned and helping other people. That's became um, a very big call to, uh, to me. And that's, that's where I'm at right now. We have very similar journeys. You know, I remember that when I picked up the game, I was like, I'll take anything that works. Like it was just, I was at such a crisis point 
my friends had started like I, I had a pretty close well back then it was close these days i'd call it superficial but i had this network of friends and they were all peeling off with girlfriends and lives and you know the the list of people i could call on a friday night was getting smaller and smaller and man i was just chronically lonely not I wouldn't call myself depressed or anything because for me, depression and loneliness comes out of stress. I wouldn't recognize it. I just knew I'd be like very stressed, bags under my eyes, overeating, all the signs, you know. Mm. Uh, but yeah, when I picked up the book, I'm like, I don't care. I don't care if I have to kill someone. <laughs> like, whatever's in this book, I'm using it because I'm at the end of the <laughs> <book>. <laughs> like, like, not that quite that bad, but I was just like, I. I have zero <laughs> scruples right now. Like whatever I thought is going to work. Well, it's further away than what I thought it was, uh, you know, in terms of right. sexual escalation. There was a lot of things where I'm like, it's very good that I picked up that book and broke through some beliefs. And then there's the other side of it, like there's some dark things I picked up from that book, sure. you know, led me down a, not a misogynistic pathway, but certainly an objectifying pathway. Mm. And, and it, and it actually made me, got me to a point where I found, yeah, it was getting more difficult actually to create lasting connections. So I could get a girl into bed, but the next day I'd run out of shit to talk about. So I'd used up all my stuff and used up all my gold on her. And now, <laughs> she had to, you know, now she had to meet the real me. I'm like, Oh, let's turn that fucking lamp down. Um, and so I eventually also had to sort of steer more towards, well, how do I bring more of me into this? Um, which is one of the, you know, we talked about this before, before the call is this line, this kind of line where you've crossed into manipulation. It's not really you anymore. It's a, I like the word tactic because tactic has that sort of short term instant gratification feel to it. As a right. right. especially I like the way you're talking about it because all language is skills. We start off knowing not how to express ourselves at all beyond crying. So everything we've right. learned is learned, so to speak. Um, so there's nothing ethically unsound about learning how to express yourself better, obviously, or well, none of us would ever learn anything mm -hmm. without being bad, you know? But I liked what you were saying there about this idea of learning how to, like, I think the word that stuck out, like unleash your sense of humor. Like it's already yeah. there. Get it out. Yeah. This isn't something you're like contriving. This is something that you're letting out of the cage. Let's talk a little bit about that. We can go anywhere with this conversation, but. Sure. Sure. When you're out and when you're talking to someone, how do you manage, I guess, that that balance between let's call it an, an, a, a keen awareness of social dynamics and what affects what, you know, versus just being yourself, I guess would be the other kind of aspect of this. What are your thoughts on this, man? That's a, it's a, it's a good, uh, it's, a, it's such an interesting topic. There's so many things to cover. I'll just dive into whatever is popping on my mind first. Um, one thing that I'm, I mean, you know, on my phone every day pops up one thing you're grateful for. And um, I actually said I was grateful for this computer computer monitor that I have. I love this computer monitor, this big 32 inch screen, but I'm going to change it today to what I'm grateful for. And what, what um, I'm grateful for is now thinking about it, as you just said that when I go out and I could have a conversation with a woman, I could truly be in the moment. I, I could listen 
I could come up with humorous stuff. I could come up with fun and interesting stuff. I could talk about what's going on in my life. And, and I worked so hard to get to that point where I could be in these interactions, feel comfortable, and not, I used to be petrified of running out of things to say, right? That's one of the guy's biggest hangups. What if I run out of things to say? And now, like, I don't look at it like that, right? If I'm talking to a girl, let's say, and I'm doing a, a I approached a, a stranger in, in, a, in a social gathering or something like that. And I talk to her and I bring a good energy and I have some conversation. And then she's giving me one word responses. She's really curt and she's kind of shut off. You know, back in the day, I'd be like, oh, what am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. Right? You know, I need to plow or have more routines or things like that. I don't do that anymore. Now I say, look, if me and this girl don't mesh and she doesn't have anything to say, she's obviously not interested in me. She obviously has nothing to talk about. And, and, and there's just nothing there. And rather than take it personally, I can just say, okay, well, like, I give it a good shot, you know, and... and She's not into it. No problem. You know, we don't click. I can go, I could talk to somebody else because I know when I, when I have somebody that I connect with, the conversation flows a lot easier. Right. And I I say every guy, you know, give your best effort. And and sometimes you can turn a situation around that can be a little difficult up front. You know, you definitely want to, you know, talk and give a good energy. And and I I talk about the go first principle and sharing information about yourself. But if it's not met and the other person's not really giving you anything back, instead of worrying so much about, you know, how to force things, I just can kind of move on, right? So, so back to what we're saying is I, I could trust more in myself, right? What is confidence, right? Confidence is having a trust and a faith in yourself. And you can never tell a guy just be confident because they haven't had it before, right? But I tell guys, and I try to encourage them all the way along, all the way up to, you know, guys who have been doing this for a long time, is have a little more faith in yourself as far as the stuff that you are into is pretty cool. Right. And the stuff that you like to talk about is cool and have faith that, you know, if you find, if you're going to talk to people and then run into somebody that you do kind of get along with, have faith that that conversation can go well and and that you could handle and adapt. Right. Because it's a lack of faith that forces guys to want to have routines memorized. Mm -hmm. Right. If they have no faith and in the interest level, right. If they say, Oh, the things I'm into are really boring and they're not interesting or, or uh, I'm a boring person, if they feel that way about themselves, then they're going to have to mask who they are with someone else's stories and routines and all that other stuff. And, you know, I definitely encourage guys to cultivate their interests. And, uh, you know, when I have a boot camp, a lot of things we do is, like I said, unleashing those things about themselves. I'll have them write down things that they're really into, right? And, and I have them write down their accomplishments and, and share stories about themselves. And, and these guys wind up sharing things that are fascinating and interesting and really cool. And then I, I asked them, and I know as well that they're not sharing these things with women. They're not sharing with, the men, with men, and they're kind of keeping these things about themselves under wraps. And what is it, right? Is it a lack of faith or confidence in it, or they're afraid that someone else isn't going to like it, or, or whatever it may be, right? But I try to encourage them to share those things about themselves rather than keep them hidden. And, and, and back to the sense of humor, like you had mentioned, one thing I ask guys is, you know, what are you looking for in a woman? And almost every single guy, like I have them list out things they're looking for. Almost every single guy has a sense of humor. Um, I know it's very important to me. I could definitely not, not hang out with not only a person, a woman, or, or a man or whoever. Humor is very important to me. I love laughing and, and I like making jokes and all that stuff. So a lot of these guys feel the same way, but they're so stifled in the way that they use their humor. So rather than me give them humorous lines. Like that's what I was taught. You know, here's this humorous story and that, and it's okay to get a little every now and then I think a routine or a little piece of something is okay. If you have what we call a sticking point, if you're having a really tough time 
bringing humor into a conversation with the woman. Yeah, maybe try a funny joke that the other guy told you so you could see that it can work well. You get a reaction and you see you get a little more comfortable with it. I'm, I'm not totally opposed to that. But what I do when I teach guys is we do improvisational exercises and I have them come up with their own stuff. Really, at the, When someone leaves a program with me, they have a list of interesting topics and little tidbits to talk about, usually bullet points. I, I, I don't like them to have it all written out and put it in an order because that's not how conversation flows. But I, I have them have a lot of different points that they can talk about and we come up with lots of funny stuff and they come up with it themselves. I just encourage them to dig a little deeper and bring these things to the surface and show them that they have all this inside them. It's just a matter of sharing it, being vulnerable and realizing it's not a rejection. It's sometimes you just don't click with that other person, right? And, and that is totally okay. And that's to be expected. And one thing I hated about that, that, uh, that guys would say like in, in, in pickup and dating and stuff like that, they would say they could get every girl they talked to. Okay. There were some guys I don't need to name names, but they would say things like, Oh, I could get every girl. If you hit these attraction switches or do the X, Y, and Z, you can get every girl you talk to. And that's the biggest load of bullshit. And not only that, why would you want to get every girl that you talk to? Right. I've seen some women that may on the outside look absolutely beautiful. I walked up to them and I started talking with them. They were so boring. We did not click at all that like, why would I even want to spend my time with somebody like that? Right. So, um, I I'm about making an authentic connection, bringing out the best parts of yourselves. You know, um, like I said, having more confidence as far as having more faith in the things that you're into and sharing those with people. And, um, yeah, that's kind of my approach to, to that, that whole topic. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's interesting. You know, it's like we mentioned before the call, this kind of reconciliation between game and just spontaneous authenticity. How do you get to a point where, yeah, you are doing what you're saying. Like the best of you is coming out and it's real. Learned how to make it come out because you didn't know how to make it come out before. And I think that's yeah. a great way to kind of frame. I think what we're talking about, you, you talk about like forcing a plowing, this kind of when resistance comes up, trying to bash your way through it, whether you like the girl, right, or right, right. resistance is all that matters, you know? And you say, like, I remember I used to be like, <laughs> I'd be like into this girl for like an hour, just trying to get through all the resistance. At no point have I even stopped to consider if I even like her as a person or even like stuff. Exactly. Do I really want someone who's this fucking challenging? Like, do I really want someone exactly pulling teeth just to have a conversation? Why am I still here? I didn't have that thought. I was just like, must win the game, you know? (laughs) I think it's a, you talked a lot about, uh, I think you, you, you called it your go first policy or something. It's like this idea of leadership versus forcing leadership being like, I'm going to give this the best chance it can possibly have. Whereas forcing is like, I'm going to make it happen even if it shouldn't, or even if it's not like, uh, like natural for us. So that's, that's interesting. I definitely want to talk a bit more about that. And what I like also is you're talking about essentially once these guys work with you, they're coming away kind of prompted to talk about them, their own real stuff, um, mm. which they may not have, you know, this is, you know, I talked to you before about how these conversations are often enlightening for me. I remember looking at a study about millionaires once uh, that showed, I have to look it up. I can't remember the citation, but it showed that a lot of the advice they give about how to make money is flawed because they're just backwards rationalizing. It's not actually how they made their money. It's how they like to think they made their money. 
So often the advice mm. they give is, is not actually helpful because it's not what they really did or it's not what really worked. Right. And a similar yeah. thing happens to me with connections. I say like, well, I did this and this and this and I think that worked. But then I have to ask myself, was well, that actually why it worked or is that just the story I like yeah. to tell myself? And That's an interesting point, yeah. Yeah, and what you just prompted me to realize was one particular skill that I do not emphasize enough with my audience was I learned how to talk about myself. And this was a significant change for me because for me, my, my previous expressions were almost exclusively either humor. So I, I was very much like the clown type comedian. Everyone's laughing, but you know, once the show's over, they get bored sort of thing. Or I ask questions and the questions were designed to make the other person talk. It wasn't genuine curiosity. It was just a, a wheel spinner sort of thing. Like, and they could right. listen to, and I'd be this great guy who listens. Real nice guy stuff. Um, <laughs> like actually talking about something I was passionate about or talking about something I did well or something I did poorly, but in a significant events for me, significant people for me. I always found it was very selfish and narcissistic to talk this way. I, I really grew up with a belief like you do not talk about yourself unless you're yeah. a prick, you know. And I unlearned that belief. I learned how to talk about my job the bits that I was actually interested in. I didn't say I was a probation officer. I said, oh, I like to work with psychopaths and, you know, stop them from killing people if I can, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be sort of more shameless about it. Let's, let's maybe start there. I mean, how is it that you work with guys, you know, you don't have to give away your, your best shit or anything of course, but like, how is it that you work with guys to help them? I guess, you know, that thing that keeps sticking, unleash what they've already got. You know, tell us a bit more about your experience with that. It's a, it's a very good, it's a good question. As you write this down, I'm going to take a note too. So uh, this is awesome because I'll add this to my, my, uh, my boot camp. I'm always trying to, you know, work on my, my boot camp and, and stuff that I teach and, and my curriculum and stuff like that. And one thing I wrote down to add to my seminar is what, you know, one thing that we do, which I learned from uh, another instructor is we write down, I have every student write down things that they're interested in right? Write down their passions and their interests, right? And I have them make a list of those things. And then we, you know, we talk about tactically how to bring them up in conversation, right? So like, okay, I have these, but how do I bring them up? So, you know, through questions, stories, whatever not. And then I have them go one by one and, and, and around the group and, and bring them up in a conversation. I have them actually practice how to do it, which that helps so that they know how to do it when, when the conversation comes around at night. But one exercise I'm going to add to my program, um, which, you know, the viewers can do uh, on their own when they listen to this is, which is cool. Me just thinking about that is what I'll have them do is write those things down. And what I'll have everybody do is, you know, take some time and pick one and, sh and, and tell the whole group about it and try to get us interested in it. Right. And share, and, and share it with us in a way that they're interested in it. So we could kind of see why it's important to them. Right. We kind of do that, but I just have them do the transitions into it and then we kind of move on. But I want, I want, what I'm going to do now is have them tell that whole story and really share it because guys don't really practice this stuff. You know, they keep a lot of these things to themselves and I don't know what it is, but like you said, it's, it's like an instinct almost that we have to not share some of these things about ourselves, whether we think it's coming off as braggy or whatever it may be, right? You know, a lot of guys who I work with and, and probably a lot of guys who come to you aren't necessarily guys who have issues with being too cocky <laughs> or too, too much of a jock, you know, or, or, or too braggy or over the top, you know, like, um, 
you know, they're not going to be the, the, the Conor McGregor's of the world, you know, talking a bunch of smack and all that other stuff. They're usually a quieter type of person who's more reserved. I have them just a simple exercise right there, right? You know, write out those things that you're really interested in and passionate about. And then what I'll do in my program is, is have them share with each other. But I think a simple exercise that everybody can do here in their daily life is pick one of those things that you're interested in and um, try to bring it up in a conversation in the next day or two with somebody that you're talking about and, and, and just ask them if they've done it before. That's an easy transition into it. Have you ever blah, 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 right? Say you're into fishing, right? Or playing guitar. Or have you ever played an instrument before? And then say, yeah, I've been playing guitar for a little bit. And tell a little story about it. And get comfortable in sharing these things about yourself that make you you. You know, um, the old analogy of, you know, there's a canvas, a blank canvas behind you. It's up to you to paint that canvas for the other person because they don't know who you are. And they don't know what's on there. That's also another reason why you can't take rejection to heart because nobody really knows who you are in, in, a, in the first few seconds. But it's up to you to paint that picture of who you are. And, and, and are you being dismissive? It was an interesting thing you said, right? Like, I, I still do that sometimes in, in, in interactions. I'll catch myself. Where the people ask what I do, and I'll give them a one-word response. Or I'll give them like a one-sentence, sorry, a one-sentence response. And I won't really dive into it. Or I'll kind of move on from certain topics. And, um, you know, I won't necessarily paint that picture. And you're doing yourself and you're doing that other person a disservice mm -hmm. by not sharing and painting the picture of who you are. And you know, use some social intuition. If, if somebody is not paying attention, then you could ask them a question, right? And, and you, could, you, you could check in with them and see if they're there. And right? don't, you don't need to go off on a massive story on all these things about yourself. Check in with them for sure. But, you know, practice pushing your comfort zone of sharing about who you are. And you mentioned before the, the go first principle that I had talked about, right? And, I, and I, this kind of works in there. So the go first principle is something that I learned from neurolinguistic programming. It was, one of, it was something that one of the dating guys talked about because he's saying that if you go first with emotions or sharing or whatever it may be, you know, the other person is more likely to reciprocate and come back or feel that emotion as well too, rather than trying to, to, to elicit something out of somebody else. Or what do most guys do? Ask a bunch of questions, right? Or, or, or hope that the girl's going to do something. No, no, no. If you could lead, like you're saying, uh, it's really a man's role in a lot of especially you know, courtship or seduction, whatever you want to call it, whether you like it or not is leading. When you could go first and talk about these things, then someone else is more likely to come back. So I studied psychology in college. And one thing that I learned was called uh, a concept called disclosure reciprocity. And what that means is if you share something about yourself, then somebody is more likely to come back and share something about their selves, right? So rather than asking somebody a zillion questions in a row and hope they're going to give you these long, interesting answers, which as you were saying, probably a lot of us are doing to keep the spotlight off of ourselves. And that's really interesting because now I'm thinking about this. A lot of insecurities that guys have is we're afraid to have the spotlights on, on ourselves, right? Guys who, who are, you know, into self-development and, and are you know, naturally more shy and things like that, they're afraid to have the spotlights on themselves and share stuff about themselves. So they usually ask questions and be short with their stuff and push and hope that someone else is going to provide conversation. It definitely takes some time to practice getting more comfortable with it. But back to the go first principle, if you share about yourself first, then you're going to get more and a better response from the other person. And you're more likely to get the other person interested in you. So what is attraction, right? Guys talk about, oh, I want to get girls more interested in me. You want to get a girl more interested in you than you want to be interesting. And how will you be interesting? 
you talk about things that you are interested in, <laughs> right? These are your interests, right? Talk about the things that you like, you're interested in. Those will be an interesting conversation topic. And then the person who you're meant to connect with is going to be more interested in you as well. And that's, that's, that's how it works. And guys that are coming in and asking too much questions, I say, look, slow, slow the brakes, put the brakes on asking all the questions, share some stuff about yourself, you know, go first with some of these things and then have the person either comment or reciprocate some stuff about themselves. It's going to go a lot better if you give some information. Like we said, especially when you're starting a conversation cold, you got to provide some content and some juice up front anyway. So it behooves you in your goals to share some stuff, whether it's humor, whether it's some stuff about yourself, whether it's good emotions of being positive and, and having a good energy, you know, setting that type of pace so that the other person can come back with something as well. So it also takes some pressure off of them and uh, just sets a good example. I'm a big believer in the golden rule. I preach it in so many of my videos. The golden rule is actually from a, a biblical concept, which is, you know, do unto others as have them do unto you, right? It'd be nice if Station talked about all fun and interesting stuff and was really curious about us. Or wouldn't it be cool if beautiful women came up to us and, and, and were able to have a fun and interesting conversation? You know, women just don't approach us very often, if at all, right? So that's just not going to happen. So it's really up to you. If you want to take control of your life and take ownership and make something happen, then you got to go first. You have to treat people how you want to be treated and you got to provide some value. You know, a very simple question you can ask yourself is, what would a good conversation feel like on my end, right? What would I like the other person, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm being a spectator, what would a good conversation and a connection feel like? What would I see from that other person? Write those things down and then you got to be those things yourself if you mm -hmm. want to expect it from somebody else. So yeah, that's my spiel on that. Oh, that's so fucking aligned with the way I see things. You know, I, when I talk about honesty with people, Quite often I tried to share with them how I learned that honesty was a gift. A lot of people think of the word honesty, you know, so many people say to be honest as if they've never been it before. And then they follow that with something harsh, you know? And so they kind of come to yeah. think of honesty is when I start being mean, but I came to realize it's, it's, I use different words, but it's exactly what you're saying. The word I use is make it easy for them which is what you just described. Nice. Like those things that I wish they would do, be the guy who does those things, as you said. Yeah. And I remember when I, was, when I was learning a lot of pickup stuff, they talked about like threads and hooks and about like, you know, if somebody says a sentence, there's a lot of key words in that sentence that you could branch off on. And I was like, well, why don't I give them those key words? Why don't I tell them enough about myself that if anything hits it's so easy for them to elaborate and reciprocate where they don't have to be mm. like, where they don't have to be like, fuck, I've run out of things to say. I give them so much material right. that it's just easy. They could go off any direction they want. And what was, you know, that originally was a strategy for me to do better with girls or whatever. But eventually it changed the, my intentions. And this is something I want mm. to, to check in with you about because I think the big turnaround for me when it came to connecting with all people, men and women, was when I stopped trying to get something from them and started trying to improve their lives. Whereas like a contact with me would mean that you had a better day. It's not so much that I had a better day from you. And, you know, this was one of those points. It's like I liked, I liked being the guy who made the conversation easy for other people 
rather than wishing that that guy would come and talk to me, you know, I, mm. I do this, um, I do Zook dancing, which is kind of like salsa. And I remember being the new person at the social dance, sitting on the edge going, fuck, I don't know how to ask anyone to dance. So I go and ask the newbies to dance. I was like, I'm that guy that I wish had existed or girl. I wish had existed wow. when I first got started. And it's a very fulfilling feeling to be that guy. You know, I can see someone yeah. who's like, this, if no one had come and asked them to dance, they might never have come back. But because I broke that ice with them, now they're asking other people, they may have found a new hobby for life. I might have been the tipping point for them. You know, it might have been make or break. And I can see there was someone mm. like, I'll go talk to the shyest person at the party to see if they can warm up a little bit, get them out of the gate, and then they're on their own, you know. But it's really interesting because you're talking about a lot of the same stuff where leading, sharing who you are, a lot of this is designed to give the other person the opportunity to be involved in what you say, which mm. is very different to the kind of, I, I'd call it the spectrum of pickup that I'm really against is that if you've done all this and they're not reciprocating and they're boring and you don't connect with them, you're like, well, fuck it then moving on. You yeah. know, because you're not really just trying to get anybody. You're actually looking for people of quality to connect with. And I think that's such a critical difference between the sort of the, I don't know, like the vultures out there just trying to grab whatever vagina yeah. their hands on versus like people actually looking to enjoy the company of other human beings, you know. God, there's so many different angles we could go on here, but there's one that's come up. There's one that's come up that I really want to check in with you on. It's not controversial exactly, but where I find I'm quite different to other guys in, in like the whole dating um, sphere, the coaching sphere. I'm really big on people sharing their vulnerabilities. And what I mean by that is you don't just let them see the best of you, but also the worst, but in a shameless, unapologetic way. And I'll give you an example. The first time I ever did this, which is I, um, I went up to a girl on the street and I started a conversation, sort of classic day game. Like I thought you were gorgeous, came to say hi type thing. Mm. And she said, wow, you're so brave for saying this. And at that moment, I don't know what overcame me, but I said, actually, I'm not. I'm shitting myself right now. It was my, like, first one of the day. It was a cold start, and I was, you know, I was, you know, in that place. And she was like, nah, you look pretty fucking confident. I was like, no, really. And I took her hand, I put it on my chest, and she could feel my heart, like, thumping. Like, I was, I was proper anxious. And it just blew her mind. Like, she had a boyfriend, I remember, because, we, you know, nothing happened. But for 10 minutes, we are just talking about, how much that blew her mind. She couldn't believe this whole thing was happening. It never happened to her before. And we had this very deep and meaningful conversation and it opened up this whole new world to me where I started letting people see when I was tired. I let them see when I was feeling antisocial, let them see when I was anxious as well as the awesome story from work and you know, the stuff that's good and, and positive. Where do you stand on the idea of guys sharing that kind of darker side of themselves, the more vulnerable stuff? Um, you know, like when the first word that popped in my head, when you told the story is you're just being authentic and true, right? You're saying, look, no, this is how I really feel. Right. And, and sharing that with her. And that's an awesome story. That's a great example. A, a good friend of mine out here who was a former coach, one of my best friends. And uh, we talk about it all the time and say, one of the key ways to make friends with people is to use vulnerability and, and to share some realness about yourself because, you know, this can go both ways. Okay. So let's look at both ends of the spectrum, right? 
there's somebody who comes in as, as negative mm. and, and is like a victim mindset, right? Someone, oh yeah, the government, the, the president sucks and, and uh, oh yeah, the, the taxes are high and oh yeah, the girls suck around here and yeah, this city shit and this, I mean, we all know those people, right? And uh, oh yeah, like this, you know, I can't catch a break. We know those people, right? the, the real uh, pessimistic people. Mm-hmm. And then we also know the other people who get super into self-development. Usually, <laughs> unfortunately, it's, it's, it's a self-development person. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. I'm blessed. Everything is amazing. I'm awesome. Something just bad happened to him. I'm great. No, I'm awesome. I'm amazing. I'm, and look, it's definitely better to be more optimistic. <laughs> it's better to be the optimistic person than it is to be the pessimistic person. But you sh- I find that if you want to be real and connect with the most people, you know, I, I, in general, I have a pretty easy time connecting with people now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to brag about myself or whatever, but, but I'm just saying, you know, I, I have now I have an easier time connecting with people. I'm pretty decent at making friends and making connections pretty quickly which is a skill I worked hard on. I'm very proud of, right? You know, I could, someone can, can, can bring me to a, a, a different type of situation and, and, and have confidence that, okay, he'll be able to get along with these types of people. Right. So I could, I have some flexibility socially. And one of the ways that I could do that is by being in the middle, right? Not being super negative, not being overly ridiculously positive, but being honest and being realistic. Right. I think there's pessimistic, there's optimistic and then realistic is more in the middle. And I think you can't go wrong by being in the middle, maybe trending a little more towards optimistic, right? Um, one book I read, they said, you know, be a, a, a hopeful realist. Right? Mm-hmm. So be hopeful and, and look for the best, but be realistic. And I think that's the sweet spot of where you should be as far as connecting with people. Now, what is that? That's, that's going in and, you know, like, I, like, let's look at both people, right? So the person who's pessimistic and negative, oh, this one sucks, it's a victim, it's this and that, that person is vibrating at such a low frequency that they're bringing down anyone else that they're in an in interaction with. Now this other person is looking toward negative stuff, you know, and David Hawkins talks about this and there's lots of research on that. You know, they could do that test where you put your arm up to the side. And if, you, if you're thinking about something negative, you have a harder time holding your arm up than if you're thinking of, of love or something really strong, right? So negative emotions pull you down. Nobody wants to be around a negative person. Now, if somebody is now, if people say, okay, well, what's wrong with being positive and being super happy and all this other stuff, that person can get tiring too, right? Whenever you're having a bad day or, and someone, you need someone just to listen to you and that person's always being positive. It's like, dude, just, I'm being real with you. I want to share some, you know, something went bad and it's okay to feel those bad emotions. That's the thing, right? Like another thing David Hawkins talks about is a lot of stress and anxiety and, and a lot of these underlying emotions we have are usually from repressing them and pushing them away. You know, somebody who's forcing optimism is pushing away those, those feelings and those emotions where you should spend some time. And, and uh, one of the, the best ways to, to feel better when you have something negative, whether it's guilt or anxiety or worry, right? One of the best ways to feel better is to share that with somebody and talk about, them. you know, I had this thing that's been bothering me and, and, and you just share it. And then you can come to a conclusion. Here's the thing. If you want to Share something that's going bad that's more towards the, the negative side. Share it. That's okay. But be willing to take some feedback and come up with a solution to work on it. That's the thing. It's those people who come up with the negative stuff and they never take ownership. They never want to work on it. If you give them advice, they never take action on it. Those people get very draining. But somebody who could talk about, you know, some vulnerabilities and things like that, but then is able to come to a point where they can accept them or work on them, then that's all good, right? But you, you, you want to be able to have a little bit of that polarity and talk about some of those things. I think that's what make, be, makes people 
a lot easier to, to make a connection, right? A big thing issues guys have is this ego, right? We always want to say we're the best and we're this and we're that. And social media is making that even worse, right? What are people posting? The best pictures of themselves, taking hundred pictures to see, and I'm guilty too. I mean, I've done it myself. Uh, I'm no, I'm no angel, right? Um, but what, what do, what are we doing? What are we getting programmed to do? Post the best pictures of ourselves, post us traveling, post us doing fun stuff. You know, what are we trying to make other people jealous or whatever, but we're trying to put the best part of ourselves out there. If you want to connect with somebody, yeah, having those positive things are good too, but being honest and realistic with them actually helps to be a real person and connect with them. You know, one of our instructors who taught me used to tell the story of, um, when someone's trying on jeans, right? You go try on one pair of jeans, you come out of the dressing room. Oh, those are awesome. You try on the next pair. Oh, those are awesome. You come out of the dressing room. Those are awesome. You can't trust that person always saying they're awesome, right? You can trust the person who says, those aren't bad. Those are okay. Those suck. Those are awesome, right? You can trust that person who's being realistic and honest with you. You And I love Wayne Dyer and he talks about this a lot. You know, people respect somebody who's, Coming from really honesty. That's really what it is. I know we're talking about vulnerability, but it's really honesty and, and talking about how you feel and, and just being open with somebody. And the thing is, people are so afraid to show vulnerability because they're afraid that people are going to look down on them. And the thing is, if you could just say it and be honest and own how you feel and who you are, then you're just becoming a real person to, to, to that other, you know, to somebody. And uh, that's, uh, that is really important. Now, now with when you're with somebody else, you kind of have to pace this. Okay. Here's, here's the, here's the issue. And then this goes back to your original question. Do, do I teach guys to be vulnerable when they, when they have these social interactions, you have to pace this. And this is a very intricate social technique here. I, I don't necessarily talk about this right off the bat with guys, but you have to pace this because if you're coming in and being honest and being vulnerable and somebody else is not meeting you with that, then if you continue to be honest and vulnerable, then, then you're not going to get anywhere with that. You, what you did with that girl with, was very well respected, right? Because what that girl was doing is saying, oh yeah, you're probably really confident and saying you were really awesome. And she's probably like distancing herself from it. You said, no, I'm really actually like this and being real. And that was able to close the gap, right? And she was able to appreciate that and, and, and it worked really well, right? But if somebody isn't able to appreciate the vulnerability and, 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 and they're kind of not on the level with it, then you don't want to push it too far. You don't want to go too deep with it. You could show a little bit and kind of ping with it. If they don't, meet it, then you got to kind of just chill back too. And you want to kind of mirror a little bit of their level of an of investment, right? Because if you, um, if you push something too hard on somebody and you see it's not met too well, then you could kind of reserve that a little bit. Right. And this is, this comes to a point where it's like, okay, are you being yourself? Are you being this or are you not? It's, it goes back to like we said about giving the other person a good experience in the interaction, right? If somebody is you know, you're talking about something or, or you bring something up or you're acting in a certain way. Like even if you're using a lot of humor, for example, and the person is like, all right, that's a little too much humor. Then you want to switch to something else, maybe being a little bit more realistic or sharing something else. You have to kind of calibrate that. You know, I, I, it's tough to tell guys to come in and be, definitely they should be honest, but, uh, uh, you know, sharing like maybe super deep of an insecurity too early may not be the best chance, best idea with women. You want to kind of bring, be more positive, bring good emotions up front. Um, I've noticed it actually works better with men bringing the vulnerabilities in mm-hmm. earlier because guys are so hard on that ego. They're so upfront with that ego that if you could be like completely honest and even say something almost like that you're having a tough time with, 
with a man up front, you're more likely to build a connection with him than you are. I'll talk about how awesome you are. It was just crazy <laughs> how that works. But, but I think vulnerability works really well up front with men. Honesty works really well with women. And eventually, you know, showing some vulnerability is, uh, is definitely a good thing when it's met well, right? But some girls will try to, they're putting up a front too and trying to act like they're awesome and they're, they're all that. So if they're being in that, that way and you're showing too much vulnerability, then it's not going to be uh, met too well. If that makes sense. I know we're kind of, this is a broad, and there's a lot of different levels to this, but oh, that's kind of what I've seen. Look, this is a topic that I know I'm going to be discussing for many years to come to, to figure yeah. out the truth of it. And, you know, it's interesting. We use slightly different words, I think, to talk about the same things. It's just a definition difference. But um, one of the things I realized, I, I am vulnerable. I would call it vulnerable all the time with people now. But mm. I'm not ashamed of what's true about me. And it, how it comes out is different. It's quite, it comes out quite playfully. It comes out already accepted. It comes out, I've already taken responsibility mm. for it. You don't need to fix it. And I think... Ownership uh, is the word I use for that. Yeah. See, I'd call that responsibility. It's the same concept. Is I think like, an example came to me is like, if you're not feeling it, you're on a night out and you're just like, why am I out of the house right now? I am, I can't be fucked. You know, there's, there's different ways you can present that to someone. You can go to someone like, Oh, I'm in such a bad mood. And the best will be like, Jesus Christ, I'm trying to have a party here. Like, why are you even here? Or I can say to someone like, you know, when you just have to drag your ass out of the house and you're just fighting the thoughts in your head and you're just like, fuck, I just got to do this. That's actually talking about the experience I'm having, but it's not this, you know, it's something so easy to relate to. We can joke about it. We can talk about mm. it. I'm, I'm actually not hiding anything negative, but I'm not negative about it. I'm just like, you know, this is how I am today. And there's neither right or wrong. I think that's one of the things I've been working on lately. I'm still very much in the draft stages of trying to explain or express this properly, which is if you're playful about it, you're gentle with yourself about the truth you see the connection mm. between other humans for this truth. Stand-up comedians are great with this. They'll talk about something we're all horrifically ashamed of, and we all laugh together about it. Well, how did that suddenly become funny? That was like my darkest secret, and now we're all having a laugh. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I remember I've told stories. You know, I remember the first time I started telling girls stories about how I'd shit my pants one time or something like that. It was like it went against all the rules <laughs> I'd been taught about what you're supposed to say on right. A- but because I was okay with it being true, and this comes back to your mm. fake concept, I think I wanted to touch base with you on. Because I was okay with it. It came out okay. It didn't come out as pessimistic victim mindset, woe is me. It came out more as mm. like, isn't it funny to be a human? You know, the ridiculous things. Right. Are, you know? And this is what I think I'm picking up from you that I think is super helpful. And the people listening, I really want them to hone in on. Now you're talking about something, when you're talking about yourself, your interests or whatever, you, you mentioned kind of confidence being this idea of having faith in yourself and, and kind of being okay that you're interested in something. Like even if they're not, mm-hmm. kind of being willing to take that risk. Like, you know, now if you guys are into something they think is just totally uncool, like video games or something. I'm like, dude, there's a girl out there who's into <laughs> that game, you know? That's so true, man. There's some hot girls. That streams some live video games for sure. Yeah, and you're going to have to go and swing for the fence and talk to the girl. You don't know if she's into it, and you'll know after you tell her about your interest in it. 
But as long as you're really, really okay with you being interested in it, even if she's not, she'll find it interesting to hear you talk about it, you know, mm. as opposed to guys like, oh, yeah, I hide in my basement and I like to play games by myself. You're like, Jesus Christ. Even a, <laughs> a gamer will be like, good luck with that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Whereas if you're just like, yeah, I like to fucking get the headset on, talk shit to some guy on the other side of the world while I shoot his army up and stuff, you know, <laughs> the right girl will be like, oh my God, me too. I've got that game at home and boom, <laughs> it's over. You know, you two are together now. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I think we won't go into it too much more tonight. I'm really keen to have another conversation with you at some point about this faith thing, this kind of... Mm whatever's true about you is okay and talking about it as such and being okay with it to come out as such. Like often when I was looking at my own uh, development around this, I tried to watch people who are best friends talk to each other. And I was like, what, what's different about that to like weird strangers or those awkward first dates you see? Like how do two best friends talk to each other? You know, I noticed they don't ask each other questions much. They make statements give each other information mm. to work off. They talk about anything as if it's okay to talk about, whether it's a complaint or a positive encouragement or a story. It's all cool. Like there's nothing, no right or wrong attached to it. So I saw a lot of the things that you've been talking about coming through from what I saw as well. So now I'm just even more fascinated in your work, you know, and I'm going to start digging through your videos and be a little fanboy for a while. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I got some good videos on YouTube. Excellent. Yeah, I, I could see us going on for ages and ages, um, but I try to keep these under an hour. So maybe we'll put a bookmark in it there if you're cool with that and quite possibly have another conversation in the near future. Kind of. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's, uh, let's definitely do that. I just want to add two things real quick to that topic oh, while it's on, on our mind. Just one thing to, to help implement that a lesson that I learned as recently as last year. And I guess I kind of touched on this before, but I really learned it through a great example last year with the woman that I was seeing, you know, a lot of guys are actually into younger women. Right. And, and actually the, I believe the average, or I saw some statistic that said the average age gap for marriages was like five to 10 years. And usually the man's five to 10 years older. So a lot of guys, they're, they're worried about connecting with the younger woman, right? Maybe she's, she's uh, you know, is she into all this stuff? And, you know, I want to find somebody who's into all these things that I'm into. The cool thing is that an interest that you have that she doesn't and vice versa is an opportunity for you to get her interested in it, for her to educate her on it and share with her something new, right? How many humans have done everything? Not, no humans have done absolutely everything there is to do right so that's part of the beauty of meeting somebody new and, and like obviously you know all about what the curiosity mindset is you know finding out things about someone that makes that they're interested in and you saying hmm wow uh, I'd never heard that presented in such a light and look how passionate that person is and now you being curious and maybe you trying it yourself <laughs> and actually uh, enjoying it right one, one of our good friend Mike one thing he told me he says one thing he loves to do is to do something with somebody that he hasn't done before something that they're passionate about but that he hasn't tried and he likes to do it with somebody who's very interested in it, right so like he went to like an antique festival with me last year and it had like all these old antique stuff and that's how i decorate my apartment with like like antique stuff and like uh, some rustic stuff and 
it's just like old relics and stuff and stuff that I'm into. And he went and tried that out and he thought it was much cooler than he expected it to be. But he wouldn't have done that if I wasn't sharing that I was interested in. See what I'm saying? So this is actually something not to look at as, oh no, I'm into this. Maybe she's not going to be into it and worried about it if you're fitting into what she's into. Share what you're into and, and, and you could maybe enlighten her on something and, and uh, get her interested in it as well too. And also being curious about her as well and other people because you're going to find some things that weren't, weren't even on your radar that you eventually love and that you're into. And that's the beauty of life is finding new things and stuff that you're into. So just wanted to add that in there. No, that's a, uh, yeah, it's another great point. You know, I think the real classic dating advice you get is about finding commonalities and there's nothing mm-hmm, essentially mm-hmm. wrong with that, but it's actually those points of difference that can create a real spike of interest, especially if you're willing to be interested. If someone says something you're like, yeah. no fucking idea what that is. Let's find out about it then. You know, let's, yeah. why so into something I've never heard of, you know, I, I, again, you know, I talked about how, you undo what you've done, you sort of reverse engineer, try to figure out what worked. Um, you gave me another idea, which was I, I spent a year doing the yes man thing. You know, like I watched the movie and then I read the book. The book's even better, I think. And so I just started saying yes to everything because my life was boring as shit. You know, it was just routine. <laughs> and um, that's what I got dragged to a salsa class and now I've been dancing for like seven years. I'm obsessed with wow. it. I would have never wow. gone because I knew my mates were going to give me shit about it. And they did. Absolutely. Right. Right. And I liked it so much. I was willing to put up with the, with the banter, you know, and I, you know, and I've done things like uh, just, just last week I went to the first ever, I don't know what you call it. It's like a stage show, like a play, but there's singing and dancing. I've just never been to one like that. And it was in Czech language. So I didn't even know what they were saying, but it was way more interesting than I thought. You know, they were, wow. they were really good at acting. Like I was convinced, even though I didn't understand them, they seemed unaffected by the crowd. I wasn't expecting that. And yeah, they had water on the stage and all this stuff. I just so didn't see coming. I was like, I had no idea that that would actually be entertaining. And I didn't understand it. Imagine an English speaking one, you know, so yeah, yeah it's, uh, there's so much gold in here to unpack and knowing my guys, they'll be sitting there writing notes as they listen to this, you know, <laughs> um, awesome, man. Awesome. let's maybe wrap it up with a couple of things, um, to get all sort of podcasty on it. One would be sort of, what would be your top tip for somebody who's really at zero when it comes to socializing and just needs to get started? That was a question I'm always interested mm-hmm. in. And then after that, tell us a little bit more about you, what you do in terms of people getting in touch with you, working with you, that kind of thing. Because the first one was how can someone start? It's completely new, right? Yeah, yeah. Starting from zero. What would you recommend? Um, you know, I'm a big advocate for, you know, the, you know like that book, The One Thing, or uh, there's another book called Mini Habits. I'm a big advocate for taking a small step. Now, I, when I got into this, I didn't take a small step. I jumped head first and went crazy, right? But what I see a lot with guys is the more larger you make that first leap, the more bravery you need, you know, the more they feel they need to prepare for it, the more they feel they need to, you know, study a bunch of stuff and really gear up for it. So I say, take a small step, you know, take the small step that you can. It may be reaching out to an old friend to get together for coffee, right? It may be going to a meetup or a group or something that you were, that you've been interested in for a while, but you haven't necessarily done. Right. I, I did a hip hop dance class three months ago, finally. And uh, now I go every week. Right. So it may be something like that. It may be 
saying hi to a stranger, just saying hi to a stranger and seeing how it goes. And maybe going out on the weekend with your friends and, and just picking one girl, no matter what she looks like, whoever, just to say hi to her, right? So I say pick one really tiny goal that'll step you just a little bit out of your comfort zone. Start with that and then begin to build some momentum off of that. And before you try to dig too deep and make it the world series, you know, and put all this pressure on yourself, start small, start socializing, you know, define what your goals are and then see what's the next smallest step you could take to start to get out there and start to meet people. So that's, that would be my tip uh, as far as that. And um, as far as me and stuff I'm working on, I, I'm very proud of my YouTube channel posted in like a week or two, but I, I got a video coming out this week. You could just go on YouTube and type in Joe Ducard. I have 30 or 40 videos, something like that on there. And, um, one of my buddies gave me a nice compliment the other day and said, my content was really good. And, and, uh, you know, I just try to share important lessons and stuff that would be helpful for, for everybody on there. So, you know, just a great free resource for you guys to check out, go through there and just look at all my videos and see if any of the topics jump out at you. And then, you know, check them out, see what you think. That's probably the best way to, to get started. You know, eventually I, I do boot camps and, and take guys out in person. And one thing you had mentioned before is like, um, we look back and say, okay, what was it that, that was the success for us, right? So some millionaires say like what they think it was mm-hmm. versus, um, versus what it actually was. Now the luxury, well, not even a luxury, but the, the thing with me and you as being coaches is we can't just say, oh, we think it was this or that. We have to produce real world results, right? Mm-hmm. And one thing I love about me teaching boot camps is I teach the seminar, we go out at night and we go and socialize at night. So if the stuff I taught didn't work, you'd see it right away. Right. So I'm always adapting and changing and adding things to what I teach and trying to make it the best that I can, because I see the results with my students directly when I go out. So it's a chance. It's cool that we're coaches because we get to work with our students and see what works from them. And we get to, to teach us to learn twice and then to teach all the people that we have, we get to learn even more. Right. So it's, it's awesome. The stuff that we can, give back and, and get the feedback right away and see what's the most helpful for people. So um, it's just a, a privilege and an honor to be able to do that and give back and, and help people out. And, and in an area that, like I said, for my life was just a, such a pain point and um, being lonely and, and being on my own and to be able to fix that and help other people do it is just a blessing. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's an honor and a pleasure to chat with you. I mean, you could chat until the end of the time yeah, <laughs> on man. all this stuff. Everything, every time you spoke, I, you know, I definitely wrote down some notes, but every time you spoke, it was like, oh, we could talk about that or that or that or that. There was so many different uh, avenues to go down. And um, it's, it's such a pleasure to connect with somebody like yourself. And uh, I hope the audience got some good stuff out of this. And, and uh, that's really my mission. And like I said, one of my three top three goals and priorities in life is to give value. So hopefully we did that today. And uh, I appreciate you having me on here for sure, Dan. Absolutely. Well, you gave value to me, so you 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 score before we've even published the thing, you know. And um, you as well. You as well. Thank you. Well, just it gave me a lot to think about. Like like I said, my audience and I have been talking a lot about how do we reconcile, you know, strategic learning or, or awareness in social settings with with authenticity. How can we be ourselves, but in a way that works well, you know? rather as opposed to the, the millions of other options of how you can be yourself and how that can you know, take you down a lonely path as it does for most of us in the early years. So, yeah, I really appreciate, man, I re- appreciate you opening up and sharing the kind of true story behind the scenes, as I like to call it, and being very uh, forthcoming and, and generous with sharing your more practical ideas. 
as well as your the philosophy behind it. It's so important that guys understand why something works instead of just doing it like photocopying somebody else's behavior. They need to understand what is what is effective about their behavior so they can understand the principles. And yeah, you've been really helpful with that. I have no doubt that we'll be chatting again. And um, but uh, yeah, I appreciate that, man. I'll post up your YouTube link for the guys to check out. Um, I'm a big fan of the video format for learning stuff. And I've seen a couple yeah. of yours and I recommend the guys absolutely check those out. If they enjoyed this call, they'll enjoy the videos even more so, I imagine. And thank you, man. Thank you for your time and your openness and just everything. Much appreciated. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate you.